0: And now, for another
1: fast breaking news story, we go to our roving reporter. The podcast, Sovereign Tech. Its host, Dr. Brian Sovereign. The tech giants tried to stop Sovereign Tech, they can't. I knew that it was coming. <laughs> I knew I would get asked. I knew it would happen. Um, so the latest episode, um, in the ultimate series, which is basically giving you recommendations on, Hey, what should I use, uh, post 2020 as far as, you know, uh, 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 Computers, smartphones, operating systems, email, messaging apps, you know, all all the above. What should I use post 2020 after all the crazy horseshit that's gone on and the more to come for certain? Uh, It's been a very popular series. And the latest one I did was about the ultimate messaging app. Now, in that, we talked about Threema, we talked about some others. And one of the things I had discussed. Was okay, what if you have a smartphone? It's still a smartphone, but that is completely google and Apple-less. So basically it's probably running lineage OS or like EOS or something like that, you know, a custom ROM. What if I have one of those? What do I do? And I made sure that my top pick in the ultimate messaging app, that it was possible for you to do that on a phone where perhaps you wouldn't have the Google Play Store installed or other app repositories besides maybe F droid and Threema was, you know, a possibility um, for where you can independently buy it from the, the Threema website through the Threema shop and download it. Um, Of course, this could also be done with signal, not recommending signal. Uh, It could also be done through, you know, telegram could do it now, which we, we covered that whole story, which by the way, telegram has completely redone their web app which I applaud because telegram was kind of the one Linux app that I wanted to be able to set up as a, uh, as a persistent install on um, on my daily uh, tails um, uh, drive. And I wasn't able to do that in tails OS, you know, and make it work. And so the web app is, is a great way to go. uh, And to have a more full featured uh, web app, and fully redesigned, I thought was a complete winner. Uh, if I remember, I'll put a link in the show notes about that. But very exciting for the reasons to use Telegram, which you know I described in the Ultimate Messenger. And of course, I've been talking about for a very long time on Sovereign Tech. But in that episode, the Ultimate Messenger, I had uh, talked about and I, and I had said, I was like, I know it. I said, I know it. Somebody's going to ask me, wait, wait, wait. How do I set up a Googleless phone? And I knew it was gonna come, and boy, within seconds, <laughs> it's you no, know, it wasn't seconds because that episode went for an hour and change. Uh, but not long after somebody could have downloaded that damn thing and listened to it, even at 2x, uh, did I get the email into questions at sovereigntech.com. Stallion, how do I make a Google this phone? What are your recommendations? Well, here's an episode covering that. Uh, I'm not really making it a part of the ultimate series. It's sort of a, I mean, the ultimate series itself is supplemental and this is sort of a supplement to the supplemental. So whatever, I'll just title it the Googleless phone or the Googleless and apple phone. Cause I think that's important as well. Cause you can have, I mean, kudos. And it's one of the reasons, you know, that I would recommend, um, Getting an, an Apple, you know, or an Apple device would be for the fact that you don't have to rely on any other tech giant, but you can still do everything that you do with a modern smartphone on an iPhone. But as we've discovered, Apple is clearly collecting a lot of data that they're not telling us what they're doing with. And no, I don't believe them for a second that they delete all of that data after six months, like they claim. Also, as I have brought up many times over the decade history of Sovereign Tech, that every time Apple acquires another company or acquires an app, say, for example, um, you know, like something as simple as a a weather app, like say Dark Sky, when they acquired that. Now there's a weather app that relied on like hyper-local information, okay? That is a treasure trove of information, and that app was collecting data about Both Android and Apple users, mostly Apple, but also Android users, when it was available for a short time on that platform, Um, that was an app that you know collected a lot of data. Now, here's the thing: is that once Apple bought Dark Sky, and this is true for any company that they buy out, all of the data that the acquisitioned app or company or tech company that you know company that they bought out that they collected for years and years and years and years does not have to follow Apple's supposedly stringent data retention policies. Now, after they buy the app, then maybe it's got to follow, you know, that six month deal. Okay. So again, maybe Apple is actually, you know, living up to what they say, where they don't keep data longer than six months, but their trick to get around that and to still collect an ass ton of data well, first off, we don't know what the OS is collecting. Even if it's anonymized, we don't know what the OS is collecting. And I still don't like it that it's doing that anyway. Okay. Um, and we know it's gigabytes of data. Uh, I, I mean, by the month that, that Apple is collecting on, you know, uh, iOS platform users. No apps. I mean, yes, app data is getting collected too, but just just the operating system. And then it becomes a question of, well, what about the data that the operating system collects? Like, is does that fall under that six month rule? Anyway, my point being is that it's not uninteresting that when Dark Sky gets bought out by Apple, you know, that Dark Sky gets shut down on Android, which it hadn't been there that long, but certainly Android users were excited about. Right? Uh, what's not uninteresting about that is. That you'd think, well, if Apple uses these acquisitions to collect data, you'd think that when they bought Dark Sky, they'd love to keep it on Android, right? That way they could collect that data from Android users, which they normally don't other than, say, Apple Music or something along those lines. Well, that's the rub is that maybe, you know, again, when an app does or when a company does get acquired by Apple, they do follow that six month data retention policy. As in after six months, it gets it all gets deleted. But and, and well, not but but at, because of that, uh, there was no value in really in holding on to it and keeping it available on Android. But there was a ton of value in having all of the years previous data that Dark Sky had on its users. Moral of the story being, Apple is no better than any other tech giant as far as uh, uh, data collection goes. Okay. And especially the fact that they are at the OS level, just like Google is with Google's uh, branded Android, which is what most people use. Um, You know, I mean, that, that, that just makes it far worse. Okay. So it's really a funny thing because we've gotten to the point and, and this is only a good thing. We've gotten to the point where the duopoly between You know, yeah, we can say it in, in, in quick parlance, you know, and, and to, you know, get to the point around something between Apple and Google or, you know, about smartphones in general, uh, when we're covering tech news or something like that, or, you know, going over subjects, but now at the end of the day, really the duopoly is a lie. Um, I mean, I haven't really used Linux phones, so I can't exactly say, uh, just how useful they truly are. Um, but I'm sure there are a lot of, th- there, there's gotta be at least a few things that you would expect to do with a modern smartphone. And again, you know, using a smartphone today is almost necessary if you want to, I mean, for everything from banking to who knows what, okay. To getting around town to, you know, going into your gym, even with the, the local gym app or the planet fitness app or whatever that happens to be. And it's getting harder and harder, but. The duopoly is a lie. You really can, you know, there is Linux phone and we'll see where that goes. Um, Progressive web apps still are being worked on. There really aren't enough of them. And I feel like the excitement around them is kind of faded, but as well as the push, but you know, it's still a thing. Um, But there are other options you know, they're, and they've been around for a long time and they're not new to longtime sovereign tech listeners. I mean, I've, again, I've been a fan of lineage OS, you know, back when it was cyanogen mod and, you know, I mean, for, for a very long time. And we covered some of this in the ultimate smartphone, because like my picks for best smartphone were ones that have had a long history and probably have a long future in being updated uh, regularly to the latest versions of Android, but the latest security features, um, by, you know, the official lineage OS, uh, devs and community. Okay. I mean, or what equates to official as far as, you know, lineage OS goes. So that's very important. Okay. And, you know, with lineage OS, you can install G apps and you can have the Google play store and sure things like Google pay, And some other features won't, or, you know, some other apps perhaps won't work because it's going to detect your devices being, you know, unlocked or rooted or whatever. And it's going to say, oh, this isn't secure. So we're not going to let you use Google pay on this phone. Um, you know, whatever, whatever that takes shape as, but really 99.99% of the things that you do with a stock Android phone, you can do with something with lineage OS installed as well as the Google play store. Okay. And that's a fine thing to do in and of itself, just because of how you can really take control of the operating system more when you install lineage OS. So that's worthwhile, but making the Google list phone, which is what I got asked about. I mean, quite a few emails came in um, after I'd kind of mentioned it and it's probably, you know, I I didn't recognize a lot of the names, So I'm guessing newer listeners and that's fine. Welcome to the show. (laughs) All right. (laughs) We're here for a long time and I hope you're here for a long time, baby. Uh, But you know, we got lots of questions about it. You know, what does that look like? How does that operate? And we're going to do a, uh, you know, we're going to do a little show, uh, covering what that really looks like. So what this is is basically what I'm going to cover is running lineage OS on a smartphone without the Google play store. Okay. And really the only app store that we're going to use, uh, is F droid outside of F droid we are going to talk about apps that you can install independently. There are other um, app repositories and app stores available for Android. I don't generally mess with any of those. In fact, actually, and this one I will talk about just in case there's a couple things you really need to do that are on more popular or that are on, uh, you know, that are part of the duopoly. Um, We will talk about another app store a little later on um, that, that will allow you to do those things. But it's not to say that what I'm about to describe, it's not going to be 100% perfect experience, okay? Like there are going to be some limitations, some of which may be deal breakers for you. But I'll get into an overall perspective on how to think about this, okay? Meaning that even if some of these limitations are just too much for you, maybe there's still a purpose in your life for (laughs) or a reason to have. Um, a Google, smartphone, maybe as a second phone, which I got to tell you, I think that that notion itself is going to become more and more popular. It is certainly something that I, that I have come to integrate. And you could think, well, you could say, well, stallion, wait, you know, you always talk about, we want less devices, not more. Well, kind (laughs) of, this is allow me to explain when we get to it. Okay. Um, but let's talk about what the Google is phone looks like first. So my, uh, model phone that I am using here is actually one of, uh, one of the models, one of the three that I recommended in the ultimate smartphone. Now, actually I, I recommended more than three in the ultimate smartphone. Basically I said, get something in the pixel line. Uh, we don't like 5g on sovereign tech. So because of the technology, not because of health concerns, um, you know, so you probably don't want to go higher than the four a, but you know, a pixel phone will do you well or we had the Moto X4 and then we also had the, uh, Le Echo pro three and that is the pro three from La echo. And I'm not going to retell the story here around this phone. Um, but this is one that's, that's going to be, I mean, I've had it for, you know, almost half a decade now, uh, actually about half a decade now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's going strong. Um, and, and it's really going to, You know, I mean, like I I got these basically when they first came out Uh, and I don't see the Lineage OS community, you know, dropping support for it anytime soon. Uh, It's just one of those phones that's always going to be first in line for getting the latest updates. So, I mean, the Moto X4, I think is still more popular uh, and there are other more popular phones in that lineup, including the Pixel phones, but this is definitely, you know, you know, in the top development sphere for Lineage OS. So it's a great choice uh, to go with. And it has every modern, a modern feature really that you could want. I mean, it has USB C, um, you know, all, all that jazz. Um, so that's, that's our base. Okay. We install lineage OS on it. We're, we're running 18.1, the latest version, which basically gives us Android 11. So it's a very secure platform. We install lineage OS 18.1 on it. We do not install, um, you know, G apps. No, again, this is a google phone. Okay. Uh, I suppose for a second, I mean, we'll talk about why you want it to be google and and that really comes down to the growing body of research that shows just how much the stock operating system, again, like we were talking about earlier, that's true for Apple and it's true for Google. That the stock operating system within the duopoly of smartphones, okay, even though that's a lie, but the stock operating system is transmitting and collecting so much data about you and sending it to the respective company with Android. In this case, it's Google um, that, you know, I mean, you're worried about Facebook collecting everything. It's almost like how people rightfully so, you know, are concerned about smartphones tracking them and, and, you know, knowing everywhere that they go. And they're worried about Facebook knowing everywhere that they go. And they're worried about Google knowing wherever they go and Apple knowing where they go and completely valid concerns, Microsoft too, whatever. But then they never think about, well, gee, actually credit card companies know a whole hell of a lot more about me <laughs> than, than any of these companies probably do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's one of those things that, that, that people really don't think about. And I feel like the Google play store is in that number, the Google play store in many, you know, in the Android ecosystem is much like credit cards where it's something that's just so ubiquitous. You just don't think about it. Or maybe you don't want to think about just how much, you know, how that's so much malware in a rootkit and just, just a, just a spy sitting on your phone. And so do you want a company like Google knowing X, Y, Z about you at all times, you know, even if you never opened an app, you're just carrying, and you never even really touch the smartphone. You're just carrying it around with you. It's collecting so much data. And again, sending per month, sending multiple, multiple gigabytes of data about you every single month to that company. Do you like that? No, I don't imagine that you do. I recall when, you know, the, the big concerns were coming in around um, some of Amazon's newer echo or, you know, newer Alexa devices and so on. And, you know, one of the VPs at, at, at Amazon, and there's a lot of them, but one of the VPs at Amazon came right out and said, it's like, yeah, you know, you're worried about the Echo show or the Echo cam- or camera or whatever, you know, doing this, you really should be far more worried about your, about your smartphone. And I just loved it. Cause it was, a, it was a moment of, of honesty and clarity of that, like that most people just don't think about. They don't think about the fact that when you have a smartphone, your privacy is very much out the door. However, with a Googleless phone, maybe you're reining it in a little bit more but also just like you don't think about the credit card companies, you might not think about the telcos so much, but there's a little bit we could do about the telcos. Okay. And we'll get into a conversation around that as well. So anyway, let's get back. So those are some of the reasons, you know, you basically don't want the tech giants collecting all of this data about you. Let's move on and let's, let's get into, you know, what this phone actually looks like and how it can do since there's no Google involved, How can it do all the things, and there's no Apple, how can it do all the things that a modern smartphone can do? Um, So Lineage OS itself comes with a pretty full featured uh, series of apps. Uh, You have everything, you know, I mean, you have, uh, uh, you know, a texting app, right? For SMS, a messaging app, uh, which is very full featured. You have the dialer, obviously it's a phone. Um, There's a camera app, you know, there's, um, there's a music app, there's a voice recorder app, there's a file manager. Um, there's a gallery app. I mean, a lot of the basic stuff, really, it does have in it ready to go. And you have a fairly well-featured phone, uh, smartphone just out of the box with what lineage OS has baked in. And of course it has a web browser, you know, and so on. It even has some features that I, I think are really slick that I don't know why stock Android doesn't really have. For example, it has a, a system wide uh, audio equalizer. Um, that you can use and and it's great. It works awesome. Um, and it works like between different, uh, uh, like audio sources as well. Like your Bluetooth headphones can have one equalizer setting while your plugin headphones can have a different equalizer setting. Uh, it's pretty slick, you know, to, to have that feature. So there's a lot of features baked into, um, lineage OS that, that already blow away stock Android, you know, on its own. Um, And again, it has most of the apps that you can imagine. Now, I mean, one of the things it doesn't have, and this is the one that a lot of people are going to ask questions about, but we have an answer for, uh, it does not have a built-in navigation app. It doesn't have a built-in maps app. And obviously without the Google play store, you're not going to install Google maps on this phone. Okay. What are we going to do about that? Again, we'll go over it. We'll get into it. But basically there's already a lot there just with stock uh, lineage OS. So moving on from that, here are the, you know, here are the apps um, that I use. Okay. Uh, now what most people want to do, or w- at least what I do with a smartphone, um, I don't really play video games. There's a solution for that. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Okay. Um, I don't really play video games on smartphones, but you know, on, on other things, I play the shit out of them, but you get my point but I think what most people really want to do, okay. They want to access the internet, right? You need a web browser. Okay. You got that, but we'll talk about better solutions for that. Uh, You probably want to listen to podcasts. There isn't a podcast app built into it. There is the music app, which could play downloaded podcasts from websites specifically, but you know, we'll talk about how to do podcasts. Um, You want to listen to audiobooks. You could also do that with the music app that's already in the lineage OS, but there are other alternatives that are, that are good for that. And we'll, we'll get into that a bit. Uh, You want to listen to music? Well, it does have a music app in there. And depending upon the storage capabilities of your device, uh, you could, you know, have quite a library, you know, right on device, which I think is frankly the best way to go. But I also understand why people might want to stream. We'll talk about that. Um, You also want to navigate, right? You want to use it as a GPS device. Okay. We'll get into that. Maybe you want to take notes on it. We'll talk about that. I mean, these are all the things I think a lot of people want to do. You want to take pictures with it. Of course, that's totally possible with what's already on LineageOS. You know, you want to use it as a, uh, you know, as a wallet, a cryptocurrency wallet. Okay. We can do that too. No Google involved, no Google Play Store at all uh, there. You want to use it for messaging. Yep. We can do that. Maybe you want a password manager on there. We can do that too. You want to do one-time pins, use it as a 2FA device. Yep. We can do that too. Okay. Maybe you want to watch videos on there. Okay. We can make that happen. Maybe you want to watch YouTube on there. Yep. We can make that happen too. No Google apps. Perhaps you want to read books or comic books, you know, PDFs, EPUBs, whatever. Um, we can make that happen too. And maybe you are still hankering to get onto Twitter. Well, we will talk about that also. Um, so, you know, those are a lot of things now. I mean, if you want to get into where you're doing banking, if the bank doesn't have a great mobile website, that's full featured, you're kind of screwed, but maybe we'll talk about what you can do as far as banking towards the end um, of this episode. So why don't we start off with just in case, boy, you just have to fucking be on Twitter. You just gotta be there. You know, it's a funny thing. I actually, I, I just, one of the people that emailed me about this has created I I think it's sovereign faker and I'm guessing that's a He-Man reference. (laughs) They they probably knew I'd get it uh, because I'm such a big He-Man fan. He faker was the blue He-Man. If you remember the toy, Um, somebody made a Twitter account and I think an Instagram account, I think is what he said. Uh, Guessing it's a he and it's called sovereign faker. And it says something like something on them. If if Dr. Sovereign won't be on social media, we'll do it for him. I I don't know what they're posting on there and what, I mean, those are not me. Okay. I am not on social media. Um, but they said they wanted to like share my stuff, uh, on social media. And so they made those, I don't know how it's going to work on Instagram, but whatever. Um, but they made those accounts. Um, just letting you know, they're out there spelled like my name, S O V R Y N and then faker F A K E R. Uh, I mean, I I suppose I'll say thank you, (laughs) but I don't want you to get on social media, but okay. So let's just say you've got to be on Twitter. Let's get this out of the way first, because this is the best example of where you can, just because lineage OS stock has a web browser on it. You can use progressive web apps, which are basically just, you know, websites, websites, attached with a, you know, with a, with a home screen, uh, a shortcut. (laughs) I mean, that's basically what they are. I know they do a little more than that, but that's, you know, where they can access notifications, but we've got to talk about notifications as well. Okay. And we'll do that. So Twitter, you can just go to, what is it? Mobile.twitter.com. And that is a full featured progressive web app that you could run on basically any platform. Um, And, and it's, just about a good of experience as the app, you can change the, the theme, you know, where you can make it a dark theme and all this other shit. Uh, and you can do that right in the web browser. That's, uh, you know, on lineage OS to be clear, and this will get us started also on the browser. So like I said earlier, I install F droid, um, on this phone. That's my, my main app repository. Uh, which makes things nice because it does updates and everything, you know, and, and, you know, there's a lot of stuff that gets developed, a lot of power user stuff that gets developed on F It's a phenomenal app repository that I've been a fan of for many, many years. Uh, and that I'll, I would even install. And I do install on phones that I even have the Google play store on because there's just so much useful shit that is only on, um, you know, only on only available on F Okay. So it makes sense to, to have it regardless but it's an absolute blessing of Satan on a Googleless smartphone. Okay. Where you're rocking lineage OS. So with F-Droid installed, you want to have that first. Okay. Um, you don't have to have it to access Twitter, but I recommend the web browser. And I've talked about this before. I recommend the mobile browser called Fennec F E N N E C. This is basically a privacy stripped down version of Firefox's Android browser. Um, or Firefox for Android, and you know they just got rid of all the nastiness that Mozilla was, you know, was, it has been putting into Firefox uh, slowly for some time, and it's really well done. And it has the nice thing is, is that it has access to Firefox add-ons like uBlock Origin, which you can install, or Dark Reader and some others. You definitely want to install uBlock Origin if any of them. Okay. And that'll actually make your Twitter experience a lot nicer <laughs> when you're, because I mean the stock lineage OS browser is just the basic Android browser and it doesn't, it doesn't have, you know, ad blocking capabilities in it. Um, so having Fennec and getting that, uh, you know, the ad blocking capability is, is awesome um, within your web browser because you're going to use your web browser so much. Right. Uh, Cause like for example, the other thing you're going to want to do, maybe you're just looking for answers to something. You're going to use search. Are you going to go to Google? The fuck you are. You're going to go to duckduckgo, okay? And you you know, you can set that up. Now you can actually install the duckduckgo browser from F-Droid. They make it available that way, which kudos to duckduckgo for that. They're doing it right. Um, that might be an option you want to do, but I just use Fennec and I have it all defaulted in the, you know, in, in the address bar. To, or what does Firefox call it? The awesome bar or whatever. I have it all defaulted to only search on DuckDuckGo and I deactivate every other search engine. Okay. And I just leave that. And, you know, then I can use that as, you know, as my, my search, you know, and to look for answers and, or, you know, look for information and whatever else. Okay. And DuckDuckGo does great. You know, again, this is Google So you're not going to fucking go to google.com. Um, So there's search for you. So we got a web browser. We got search. How are we doing Twitter? Again, we go to mobile.twitter.com. You can set it up in Fennec to where it works as a progressive web app, but that's how you're going to use Twitter. And this is a great way to use Twitter because I'll talk later on about how you can get the Twitter app on this phone anyway. Okay. But I think this is a great way to use Twitter because part of why we're doing a Google phone is that we want a smartphone that is sending as little data out as possible to as few parties as possible. And that really would include Twitter. Um, I don't think people realize how much data is collected about you via the Twitter app. So using just the mobile browser, not even setting it up on your home screen as, as a, as a progressive web app, you know, really keeping it where it's, it's just tied into and kind of sandboxed in the browser. Um, I think is is, is one of the best ways you can even access Twitter to where they get the least amount of information about you. So that's how you're going to do that. Now, if you want to get notifications, This is where you do have to set it up as a, as a progressive web app, but there is a two-edged sword here And this really, before we go into further conversations um, of what you're going to install on this Google is phone to do everything that you would on say a stock Android or um, iPhone Um, notifications. This is, this is a problem. And I talked about it in the ultimate messaging episode. So most people don't realize this. The way that you get notified, push note, what they call push notifications, right? How you get notifications on your smartphone. The way that this gets done is that instead of say whatever app, say if you had the Twitter app installed or something like, I mean, pick your app, any messaging app, whatever, instead of that app constantly reaching out to the, uh, you know, to the apps servers, okay. To that company's servers instead of doing that, because that's going to do two things. It's probably going to kill your data and it's going to definitely kill your battery like in no time. Okay. So to save both of those things, what, what a push notification does is it's actually any smartphone or any, any Android phone, you know, with the Google play store uh, installed is pinging basically the Google play store or Google Google play services specifically. Okay. Just in case, you know, don't want you to get confused that like somehow the store is really doing this. It's really Google play services is constantly pinging Google's servers and Google's servers are constantly looking for, okay, what's basically what is every app doing? And I'm, I'm oversimplifying how this works, but here, herein lies the problem. Okay. Is that, You're, you know, without the Google play store, without Google play services, you don't really get notifications. You can, but you don't really get notifications unless the app is specifically open and running and is actively, you know, in Ram and is reaching out to its home servers. Okay. Wherever those happen to be in whatever company they happen to be. For example, if you have telegram installed, right. Because you can download that independently. Now there is a FOSS version, an open source version or full, you know, more open source version, um, available on, uh, on F droid. And in fact, actually, this is a great example to bring up, um, because you might want to install this if you put telegram on this phone. Okay. And I'll, I'll explain, but let's say you download telegram independently. Okay when you download telegram independently onto a smartphone without Google play services, the Google is phone. Okay. What we're talking about here, you will not get message notifications unless you have telegram actively open. Okay. As to where, you know, if you have Google play services, yeah, you get notifications all the time. So basically, if you have telegram open, then telegram is actively reaching out to telegrams servers. And so when a message is being sent from a friend of yours or whatever, uh, you know, over telegram, then you will get it and you will get the notification because the notification framework still, you know, is still essentially there in lineage OS, even without Google play services, but the push notification server that, you know, that, that pushes that, that the notifications get pushed from is not accessible. Now there's, there's a way to do this. You could install what's called micro G and that's making it. So you don't have to have Google play or Google play services, but you can still get push notifications from Google's servers. Thing is you still have to log in with the Google account and there's still, you know, I mean, people have differing opinions on this, but basically it defeats the purpose of a Google phone because you're still accessing Google's servers with this. If you have even micro G installed. Okay. This is a well-known problem. It wasn't always a problem, but it has been a problem for, for a while now. Um, and I get, I mean, the concept of push notifications is great as far as, you know, saving battery life. I understand why it's done that way. I don't think it necessarily has to be nefarious and people who think no, micro G's is fine say that because you know, everything like all the push notifications and all that jazz and, and, you know, the user information that that's all encrypted before it goes to Google. Well, I hear that, but you know, there's still the issue of metadata, right? So anyway, I don't really recommend micro G. Um, Now telegram, like I said, this is a good example. So you can install what's called telegram Foss from F droid. Here's something now this is funny because a lot of people get annoyed by the fact that when you use telegram FOSS, not the telegram app that you download from telegrams website, like we were talking about in the ultimate messenger episode, but when you install telegram FOSS, it keeps a persistent notification in your notification bar. And people find that fucking annoying. They're like, Oh, why does telegram keep showing up? I, you know, I keep thinking I have a message or something. No, no, no. The reason that notification is there is because telegram FOSS programmatically is keeping a connection to telegram servers while trying to keep your battery optimized. That's why telegram FOSS has that notification, that persistent notification. It's so that you can get notifications. And I haven't seen this resolved in the official telegram app that you can download from telegram.org, you know, their, their website, but I'm sure they're going to get there at some point. Cause I mean, that's still a very new concept. But that's how Telegram FOSS gets around this. Um, and it's a good move. And there are some other apps that will do this um, on, you know, uh, you know, that are available in the f store. Um, but that that's the deal. And really the only solution, and even this isn't perfect, the only real solution is, is that you have to go into settings on, you know, on Lineage OS, and you have to turn off battery optimization on all the apps that you want to get regular notifications from. Now, I mean, if you're, you wouldn't have to do this with email, right? So, LineageOS has an email client built into it, but you can download K9, and why wouldn't you, right? You download K9, you could download Open Keychain, both from FDroid. Open Keychain connects with K9 natively and allows you to do PGP email from this Google smartphone. That's a brilliant thing to do. You should be doing that, okay? But with K9, you can tell it how often you want it to ping the server, okay? Um, So with that, you don't really have to turn off battery optimization, but also (laughs) if you tell it to ping the server every minute or 15 minutes or even every hour, uh, that, that drains the battery. Okay. Push notifications are, you know, one of the number one things that if not the number one thing that besides the screen uh, that drains a battery on a smartphone. So, you know, also getting notifications from Twitter, you're, you're probably better off just checking Twitter when you want, which is a better way to interact with social media in general anyway. And if you're worried about getting, you know, missing a direct message on there, maybe set up direct messages in your email where you can receive, you know, an email notification that you got a direct message. Um, and that's a better way, uh, and battery efficient way of getting, you know, notifications from Twitter that might be really important is setting them up you know, through email, or I think you could still set them up through SMS. You might want to do that because SMS and uh, phone calls, those don't run into this problem of where you can't get notifications because those all run through your telco. They do not ping. They do not rely upon pinging other servers. Okay. That's totally through your telco. So SMS messages, not an issue. You're going to get those notifications right away. Phone calls, you're going to know right away. That's not a problem at all. It's only a lot of these other apps that it becomes an issue. Again, the way around it is to turn off battery optimization or use apps where they have created a workaround similar to Telegram FOSS. So there you've got, I I told you what email to use, K9, right? With with open keychain to set up PGP. Uh, all open source, everything I'll be pretty much everything I'll be talking about here, here is open source. I'll say if it's not, um, cause that'd be easier than telling you what is. And so you've got how to use Twitter. We talked about telegram. We already got that out of the way. Um, and then we talked about what web browser to use, right? With Fennec. And then we also described making sure that we have F droid installed. Now, you know, another, actually speaking of email, Something, you know, you may just want to use ProtonMail, right? Like that, that might just be your bag. Um, and I, and I respect that and think that's fine. Um, you're going to set that up as a progressive web app within Fennec. Uh, and the, the, you know, the website for ProtonMail is the mobile site is so dead simple and well done. Um, I, I really, really like its implementation. Um, that That's going to be the way you're going to want to do that. There is no independent app to download. Uh, I think this is a fail on Proton Mail's part, but it's probably because they want to resolve the notification issue, and they've yet to find a, a really great way of doing that. I, again, I don't know exactly why they don't have because you can get Proton VPN in Android, and it's regularly updated. So you know why not the Proton Mail app? That doesn't make a whole ton of sense. Probably because it's using some aspect of Google Play services, but you can use the mobile website, no problem. So, if you want to use Proton Mail in this case, uh, yeah, I mean, just set up a shortcut, you know, on your home screen, and and you're you're golden, frankly. But moving right along, um, there is a great. Well, we'll get into a bigger subject here. There is a great series of of apps, and I call it a series because basically this developer uh, has created an open source and feature rich and free alternative. Uh, to really like almost anything you could imagine doing on a smartphone, uh, from email apps to file managers to gallery to flashlight apps to calendar to you know music players and I mean all kinds. It, it's really amazing. Uh, and this is Simple Tools, and you can go to SimpleTools.com to see the entire what's entirely on offer. All of these are in the F-Droid, uh, uh store. I'll call it the store or app repository, but all of these are in Fdroid, and. I use most of them. Okay. Um, I will use their not that lineage OS's offerings aren't perfectly functional and fine. Um, but I like a lot of what simple tools apps do. Um, I think their calendar app is better than stock. I think their contacts app is better. Their dialer app is better. Uh, their messaging app is better. Uh, we'll talk about SMS though, in a little bit. Um, their file manager is better. Their, uh, their flashlight app has a few extra features like SOS and so on. than what's in the, you know, stock Android. Um, the gallery app is great. The music player is great. The notes app earlier. I talked about taking notes. The notes app from simple tools is second to none and is the dead simple way to take notes as well as word processing, quite frankly. Now it doesn't do any like device syncing for that. Um, but <sighs> I, I just, I really like it and having it on device. Look, it's easy enough to, you know, share text files in other ways. And and I'll talk a little bit about what we can do as far as that. Also. Um, I, I mean, you can, you know, there's a lot of sync apps. If you want to look into like sync thing and you want to look into that, that are available on after eight independent APKs. Um, I'm not going to cover all of that here, but just those options are available if that's route you want to go. Um, but, Most of simple tools I I will use. Uh, And you can, because it is Lineage OS and very configurable, you can turn off just so there isn't any confusion. Like you don't want to pick the wrong dialer app. uh, You can turn off in the app settings, um, you know, in settings on Lineage OS, most of the stock apps built into Lineage OS. The ones you can't turn off are File Manager and Gallery which annoys me a little bit, but I understand why that is because they're so core to the functionality of the camera and so on. Um, or, you know, the file system itself, but I still use the file manager and the gallery, uh, um, app from simple tools, partly because you can lock them, which is also, or, well, you can lock the gallery. You can create locked folders, which I think is really nice. Okay. Uh, you know, that that's the main reason that I, that I use those, even though the alternatives, you can't really turn off, uh, which would be nice, but you know, I get why you can't. So simple tools is something you want to look at for calendar and all those other things. Okay. Uh, and see which ones you like better than perhaps what stock on the google phone. Okay. Um, or, you know, another one like the clock, the clock and the calculator on lineage OS actually, I think are better than what um than what simple tools offers so i i leave those alone just as you know just as examples of what i don't use from them but moving on um let's talk a little bit about media okay uh let's say you want to play podcasts now like i said you could really use the music app i mean and just download all the files on independent websites you know you could do that with sovereign tech you can go to sovereigntech.com download the files right there um but, you know, maybe you want a full on podcast app experience like you're used to, uh, you know, within the duopoly. And I think the best one to this day still is AntennaPod. There are other options on there, but for podcasts, I think AntennaPod just delivers the goods. The experience is very modern. It is feature rich. I-, I can't think of a, of a podcast app that has more features. I mean, you know, it's it's up to par with any of them uh, just a fantastic app and totally open source again. Um, you know, and I said, I wasn't going to tell you when they're open source and I'd only tell you when they're not, but whatever, there we go. So I love that. I Uh, uh I recommend across the board. I even recommend AntennaPod even if you have the Google play store because it's available there, you don't have to only get it on Droid. Um, it, but it's that good of an app. That's why. So, uh, Antenapod for podcasts, if you want to do audiobooks, let's say your own audiobooks, not the ones off of Audible. We'll talk about Audible a little later uh, because that is possible. But we'll talk about it. Uh, if you have your independent audiobooks, there is an app called Audio Anchor, which does a great job with library management and you know speed controls, volume controls, all the things you expect from an audiobook app. Uh, it really does the job. So Audio Anchor is great for independent audiobooks and really can play podcasts as well. It can really play anything. I mean, because it'll just play whatever audio format you throw at it. But its main uh you know, where where I think it does its best job is really with with audiobooks, uh, and it shines there. And I think they they designed it mainly for that as well. So Audio Anchor is the great option for that. For watching videos, you can get VLC in in F-Droid, because VLC, again, totally open source. Uh, VLC is a great option. In fact, VLC could handle those podcasts. VLC could handle those audiobooks and do it at variable speed, just like Audio Anchor offers variable speeds. Um VLC could do everything. <laughs> you know, like literally everything. That's why VLC has been so popular for the past almost 15 years. Um so I definitely recommend installing VLC for, you know, all of those you know for all of your media needs, but certainly for watching video, it's the best thing out there. Um, let's get into YouTube. Okay. While we're covering, uh, I mean, also I would recommend, you know, using VLC for playing local music files, you know, it, it does its best job there as well, but let's talk about YouTube. Uh, now there is an app available in f called SkyTube, which is Dynamite. I think it's better than the I mean, yeah, the comment features might not be as good, but as far as like actually consuming YouTube videos, um it's better than the YouTube app. Because it'll get rid of all your uh, you know, all of your ads, right? Those are fucking annoying. Also, um I mean, and of course you can just access YouTube at YouTube the mobile, you know, website of YouTube. Uh, if you want in Fennec and have the ad blocker there as well, which is nice. So, I mean, that's always an option, but SkyTube does a really good job, has nice gesture features, you know, for uh, increased volume and, you know, brightness and all these different things. Um, But again, it it also, it allows you to subscribe and really treat YouTube videos almost like a podcast app, but without a Google uh, account, which again, logging into a Google account, on a google phone, you know, is anathema, right? That doesn't make any sense. Why would you want to do that? I think SkyTube does a great job. Uh, probably the, it's gotta be the best YouTube app in f Um, and like I said, I think it's better than the YouTube app itself. Uh, I mean, it really, really is. Now, if you're somebody that uploads, you know, YouTube videos and all that stuff, well, you know, then you're kind of in Google's ecosystem there already. And I don't think the google is phone would, would help you or be useful even, uh, to, to do this sort of thing. So, yeah I would use Skytube uh, for for YouTube videos and you know if you want to if you consider for some reason if you consider Instagram like consumption of media <laughs> you can do the same thing I talked about Twitter and just do it with Instagram not sure why you would but you can okay so because that has a great you know its progressive web app is modern you know and full featured um, right down to dark mode and all that jazz. Uh, and you can even upload, um, pictures with, you know, with, with the, you know, basically the mobile website or the progressive web app. Um, so, you know, that's a possibility as well. If for some reason you still do that. Uh, so just putting that out there, um, as far as what, if you want to stream music, just like audible, this is a conversation we're going to have a little bit later on, but talking about progressive web apps or using mobile websites, you can access your Plex library or really any, you know, if you use, what is it like jellyfin or whatever those are um, you can access, you know, any, any of your like personal streaming uh, or even some, you know, streaming apps that you treat as traditional apps on, you know, within the duopoly on either, you know, app, you know, an iOS or Google's Android Uh, you can just go to the mobile site and play all your music or hell, even your videos off of that. Um, the Plex website works brilliantly, even in, especially in Fennec. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's an option. You don't have to be without Plex. You don't have to be without your remote library. Um, there, there's no call for that with, with a Google, smartphone, you can do it. You know, you're just, you're going to really rely on that web browser. Fortunately, you have a great web browser. Um, something else to bring up the, the tour browser, the official Tor project browser is also available in F-Droid, you know, just in case that that's something, um, you're really looking for. Um, the last thing in media consumption, I guess would be games. Now there are games available in F-Droid that are, you know, fully open source games. Cause everything there basically is, uh, open source and free. Um, you know, there's some good chess games and everything in there. You, there is the humble bundle app, which I don't think is it's no longer an active development. I don't know the last time that that humble bundle did an Android pack, um, just because most mobile games now rely on the pay to play model and that doesn't fit in with humble bundles. So, but you can still get the humble bundle, um, app, uh, you know, game app for Android. It downloads independently. It's its own app repository and you can't play every game on there. For example, so I, cause I used to buy a lot of these humble bundle Android uh, app packages or game packages. And like I bought one that had Knights of the old Republic on it. Now I go and install Knights of the old Republic from the humble bundle app on my Google is phone and it does not work. Now, if you downloaded Knights of the old Republic from the play store, it works fine. Uh, obviously, you know, nobody's really updating something that even humble bundle themselves don't, don't support any, any longer. So this is a limited option, but there are some things like I can download Tomb Raider two onto my Google list smartphone and it works great uh, as much as the touchscreen controls work great. Uh, There are a lot of games that work, but then there are a lot of ones that just don't work because again, you're running Android 11 and if, and you know, some apps need to be updated to continue to work with newer versions of Android. And if any of those are the case in the humble bundle app, then you're screwed. So don't count on this to be a gaming machine. Okay. But when we get into the philosophy of the device more towards the end of this episode, um, we'll talk about that. So, but that's really your best option as far as games either play what's available in F droid. Um, or, you know, maybe you'll have some luck with the humble bundle app. I mean, and you can't buy them through it either. Maybe you can buy them in the humble bundle store. You can still buy Android games, but again, none of the shit's updated anymore. So you're really limited no matter uh, what you do. So let's talk about one of the bigger, uh, things that, that I think people would ask about, which is how can I use this as a map? Uh, you know, okay. I don't have Google maps or I don't have ways or whatever you want to use available. What do I use? Well, I've brought this up many times and that is what's known as awesome. And, or OSM and plus, uh, which is OSM stands for open street maps and, and stands for Android. So it's just a you know, shortening of those two words or those two or that phrase, you know, open street maps for Android. Uh, this works fairly well. Okay. There used to be a real advantage to use awesome. And, uh, but now most map apps have gotten in the game of allowing for offline maps. Awesome. And used to be the only one that did it. And I thought it was worthwhile for that. Um, awesome. And actually works better in other countries. (laughs) <laughs> than it does in the United States. It works great in Europe. I mean, it really does. And it has, it has all the features right down to like, you know, speed traps and, and other things. I mean, like it, it's got all the features you could want. The problem is, is that the, and you know, it's not really a problem when you consider, you know, just how egregious, uh, Google is in invading people's privacy to make Google maps work as quote unquote, well, as it does and be as accurate as it is Um, awesome. And, you know, they're relying on a lot of self-reported data. Okay. Uh, And so, you know, it's, it's database is not as impressive as other map apps are because they don't infringe or impinge on your privacy. Um, But it does the job. Okay. And it's definitely, I, I mean, I consider it one of the top three map apps, regardless of what platform we're talking about you know and i i guess i'd put it at number 3 all right um as far as its capabilities you know when you consider that it respects your privacy and is open source really it should be number 1 but it doesn't work quote unquote as well it's not as accurate uh as you know other apps so and its offline search functionality is can be it's, it's kind of dubious like it, it sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't you really have to become somewhat of a search ninja to to get where you want to go sometimes. Okay. Uh, and like if you're looking for restaurants, it may, you know, nearby while you're driving down the street, it might not work the best for that, which for some people, that's really what they use a map app for. Um, so those are, so it's limited, but it will do it. Okay. Um, you know, if you're really into that, I mean, there's a chance that your car already has, you know, GPS built into it, right. Even if it's a car that's about a decade old, Uh, You could also look into getting, you know, a Garmin or whatever, uh, you know, a separate GPS device that might not be a bad option to consider. Granted, that's going to be another company collecting data, but that's a possibility. Um, It's the trade-off, right? But it, this really will get you, you know, by and large, awesome and will get you where you need to go. And the offline apps functionality when you need it is life-saving stuff. Uh, and a lot of the storage on Myla Echo Pro 3 is taken up by offline maps. You know, I just want them available. So, you know, that, there's, there's your map app. It is possible. Okay. It's not as good as Google maps it's, or it's not as accurate. Good. What does good mean? Good doesn't mean anything. It's not as accurate as Google maps. The search function isn't as, uh, you know, isn't as effective, um, isn't as broad as or precise um, or convenient as you know, on Google maps and some other map apps, but damn it, if it doesn't do the job. Okay. So, (laughs) and again, maybe this will make more sense when we get into the philosophy of the Google phone. So there's map apps. Um, the one that, that is a little more of a pain in the ass, but I have a workaround is actually a weather app. So there, there is an app called radar weather and you have to, open up an open, uh, an open weather. What what is it called? Yeah. It's called open weather. You have to open up an open weather account and get a uh, token to, to make the radar weather app work. There are some other like, uh, weather widget apps available in F droid. Um, they're, they're all, they're all a little bit of a pain in the ass and most of them don't do they'll do kind of live weather updates and you can easily hit refresh, especially on the widget, but they won't change your location based upon your GPS data. Right. But if you're trying to be privacy conscious, you might be turning off your location information anyway. Right. So it wouldn't work as is. Um, The better option really is to just have a tab open in Fennec at all times that, Says local weather or weather near me in DuckDuckGo, and you can just constantly access that. And you know, basically, DuckDuckGo will bring up a little widget on the website, you know, in the search engine that will tell you what the weather is wherever you happen to be, based upon your GPS data um, or wherever it was last logged. Okay, so you know that that's kind of the workaround there, and you could say that that's a pain in the ass you know, and that you're relying so much on DuckDuckGo, but again, DuckDuckGo is all about privacy and not collecting data about you anyway. So great. Again, it does the job, right? Um, If, you know, knowing what the weather, you know, if that works or, you know, if that's important to you uh, in any way. Moving on, uh, something I didn't get into with media consumption. We didn't talk about books. Uh, So books, there is a way to get, if you have a large Kindle library, there is a way to get that on here. We'll talk about that. But if you have your own EPUBs or if you go to like uh, one library or something like that and download your books, fine and dandy thing to do. Um, there are some really great options available in F-Droid uh, for, for that. So you have KO reader, which is, does an excellent job of rendering EPUBs. Um, it can do PDFs. Doesn't do them, you know, super well. Uh, there is another app that's just called PDF viewer, which I think does PDFs the best specifically PDFs. Um, there's another option that I want to describe, but really you're going to, I would, I generally with the Google list phone, will switch between those two KO reader and PDF viewer, um, for reading, you know, different file formats. There is really nothing in the F droid store. There are apps that will do CBZ, right? Comic book files there's really nothing that will do CBRs because CBZ is a zip file and zip files are basically open code. Basically RARs are not (laughs) okay. RAR files are not. So that's a, that's a bit of a challenge, but you can read CBZs and really, you know, on your computer, you can, you know, use Calibra or whatever, and you can convert CBRs to CBZs easily enough anyway. Or, I mean, you can do that by hand too, where you turn them into, you know, unpack them as RARs using seven zip and then repack them as zip files instead of RAR files. I mean, so there's ways around that, you know, to, to just convert your whole library to CBZ. If it's a mixture, I know mine is a mixture. Uh, maybe you want to do that anyway, because you're really into open source, you know, and, and I applaud you, uh, you know, if, if so, um, but that's a challenge to consider. Uh, something I also neglected to mention when talking about video games what about emulators right this is ha- this is why you're on Android because fucking iOS won't allow for emulators I understand uh, <laughs> they'relimamoroid and that's lemur it's like lemur with Oid at the end as an Android Lemeroid. Lemeroid is an excellent excellent multi-system emulator uh, to play ROMs and it'll play ROMs from systems most systems that are you know pre-gen 5 gen 6 you know so genesis super nintendo uh you know nintendo all, all you know a lot of those and get someone getting into gen 5 um it it can handle and it's always updating um and it really does a does a solid job um on emulation with that so you do have the option too if you want to play you know, Pokemon or something on your, and I mean like real Pokemon, not that Pokemon Go bullshit. You're not going to do that on a Google's phone, nor should you. If the idea is that you don't want to get tracked, why would you put on an AR app? That's it's very definition and design is to collect as much data about you as possible and keep you stuck looking at your phone. Um, you know, real Pokemon games, like for the game boy, uh, you could easily play in on, on Uh, you know, with, if you have the ROM files. So that said, Let's talk about those messaging apps. Well, really the answers are the same that I described in the ultimate messenger episode. The Briar app is available in F droid, um, Threema. You can, uh, independently purchase and install. Um, and so, you know, that's usable, uh, telegram. We talked about what to do with that signal is also available that way. Um, you know, and, and there, are, there are some other apps that, you know, more niche like conversations for Xmpp and, and and some other ones, you know, that there are some niche stuff that we could talk about that that's available. Um, another option that you can do throughout all of this is use APK mirror. APK mirror is a website that independently uploads the latest versions of most apps that are available in the Google play store. Okay. And has the APK APK files for you to download some of these rely more on Google services. Now there's ways to not the map app ways, W A Y S W A Y S. Okay. There are ways to, uh, if it needs Google play services to work around that, but there are plenty of apps that don't need Google play services at all that you can just install from the APK file that you downloaded from APK mirror. And yes, maybe if there are apps that you want to regularly update, you can go to, um, you know, you can keep a tab open with that, you know, in Fennec in APK mirror. Okay. Uh, Ready to, you know, ready to, to check for the latest updates. And in fact, actually a lot of apps now independently will tell you when, uh, because it'll ping, you know, that apps servers. Okay. will tell you when uh, there's a new version of the app. Okay. Um, And that's handy because then, you know, to go to APK mirror to go and get it. All right. That's one of the ways that you can, you can actually get now that doesn't work for any paid for app. That's not really going to be a solution there, but like, say there's certain banking apps that you want to use. Like maybe you want to use the cash app. You can download the cash app independently and it works just fine. You won't get push notifications, but it works just fine on a Google, smartphone independently. Okay. Um, And you can do that with, with some others uh, as well, but that's also true for chat apps, right? Like you can use the Synology chat app and not on every device, but on most implementations of lineage OS, that app will work. Um, You know, say you use a Synology NAS or something like that. Right. So APK mirror is also a solution here. Um, Speaking of NAS. So your NAS, whatever it happens to be, you know, you, uh, actually if it's, um, if it's like, if it's next cloud, um, next cloud has a lot of great apps already in the F uh, store. So, so that's not, or in F so it's not really an issue, but if it's some other kind of, you know, uh, um, uh, NAS, you can really access all the features of your NAS, even like, you know, doc, you know, document editors and whatever, like say with Synology, you can do all of that through the web browser and it works beautifully. In fact, minus the chat app, I would argue that the best way to interact mobily remotely with, uh, like a Synology NAS especially is through the website and don't do the mobile website, set it for the desktop version, right? You know, you just check that box for desktop version and it works really, really well, um, for, for document editing and everything else. It's a great way to sync your notes and and all of that other stuff, um, without needing any kind of app from Synology. But again, it's even a superior, uh, um, experience. Than than using Synology's apps. Uh, if anyone asks about like IRC, there's like WeChat, Android, it's WEE chat, Android, which, um, th- there are IRC apps available, plenty of them. And, and they all have kind of differing features that are available in Droid as well. If, if IRC is something, uh, you know, that, that you want to look at. So, but with messaging apps, which is what we were talking about, um, you know, there's, there's options there. Uh, You're not going to get necessarily like actually line messenger. If you were really into that, it's not open source, but if you're really into that um, it is possible to use that uh, from the independent APK. Um, There's, there's a, you know, if there's a quirky app you're thinking of, try getting the APK on its own and seeing if it works. Okay. Because you know, a lot of times it really will. Um, So moving on from that, you got my recommendations there. Okay. And really you know here's here's a here, with messaging apps especially like say if you use telegram well there's telegram foss which is an option but say you want to use the full featured version now that you can download independently from you know from telegram.org which I've recommended doing uh, a neat way ironically a a new feature in Android 11 kind of is a workaround and that new feature is um the chat bubbles that Android 11 can do for chat apps. Now chat bubbles don't work with every chat app, but telegram is one of the ones that it does work with. If you have just one chat bubble open, um, you know, where it's, it's just like the old Facebook messenger bubbles, right. That would appear all over the screen and you can move them around. If you have a chat bubble open in telegram, that will, that will do the regular pinging to servers. It might be a minute slow but that does the job. And that's a really great workaround. And ironically, that's like a feature, not of telegram, but of Android 11 itself. Um, so that that's, that's one way of getting around the push notification issue, say like with telegram, uh, some other messaging apps, similar deal, you know, just go to settings and turn on chat bubbles for it and then just leave that bubble open. Um, and you're, and you're good. Now let's talk about, um, Let's talk about cryptocurrency wallets. Uh, If you're looking to do some kind of cold storage, which I don't recommend on a smartphone because a smartphone is just so easy to, to not just lose really, but to get taken away from you. And yeah, you can know your seed phrase and all that. And that, that's fine. But I just, I don't like taking that risk. Okay. Um, And of course it's a great idea to, you know, encrypt, to use the built-in Android encryption with lineage OS and encrypt your entire device. Obviously you want to do that. All right. Um, but as far as, you know, if you did want to do cold storage, uh, the green wallet from Blockstream is, is regularly updated and has been available in F for years. Um, that's a good option to go with, with that, especially to maybe connect it to your Trezor, That's an option, right? And again, especially the, the model T Trezor has USB-C. And so that can kind of natively, you know, work with, well, anyway, there's options there, but more, you'd want to use it as a hot wallet, right? And I think as a hot wallet, your best option is to use the edge wallet. Now the edge wallet is on the, really it is on the bleeding edge of a lot of newer technologies, especially within Bitcoin itself. Um, The edge wallet, you can go to their website and download the edge wallet independently, just like you can mycelium Wallets another great option too. Obviously I've been a fan of that for many years, but edge wallet. And also really actually mycelium would be an option if you were thinking cold storage, but again, I I just don't, I don't think that's a good idea. Uh, So for a hot wallet, I recommend edge wallet because you can do so many different cryptocurrencies. If you are into other cryptocurrencies, I'm not so much. You know, I'm mainly concerned with Bitcoin, but if you've got others that, you know, that you're interested in, if you are into Ethereum or Monero or something like that, Edge Wallet really has your hookup. Um, But they do allow you to independently install or download the APK from their website. And Edge Wallet is one of those apps that will tell you when there's a new version. All you got to do is go to the website, download the APK again. You don't have to re-input your your information after you install the APK because it works basically like an auto update, even though it's not necessarily auto but it works the same way. And away you go. You've got the latest version of the edge wallet, a little bit of the pain in the ass. Sure. But then how great is it to not have fucking Google watching everything you do? It's fucking great is what it is. So I recommend edge wallet for, you know, for a, for cryptocurrency purposes on your Google smartphone. Now, a couple of fun things that are available in, in F just, to, they're just like bonus things to do, but I think we covered the bulk of what you would want to really do with a smartphone. Okay. Uh, a couple of bonus things. Uh, the Wikipedia app is totally open source. So that's available in F droid and regularly updated. Um, there are great like compass apps in F droid. Uh, one of them is, uh, what is it? Trail trail sense is awesome. It's actually a great app for astronomy as well, but they're really, really keen on telling you, um, we don't want, internet permissions we don't want any of these permissions we respect your privacy and location data we don't want it uh i i love that app trail sense is a is a total total winner if you want to do some old school navigation this is kind of that hybrid option right and you don't want to rely on a map app well this is something to look at uh i love trail sense dynamite one of the best apps in android hands down uh so check out trail sense also sky map which originally was a Google app and was actually the app that got me on Android because it was so well done compared to what was at the time. And this is like, you know, 2010, 2011 as compared at the time, what was available on iOS um, sky map was end of life by Google and was made open source and has been continually uh, openly, you know, or has been developed continually since then, which I applaud Um, no Google involved. And that's an F-Droid. I I love having SkyMap. Uh, That's been one of my favorite Android apps as long as I've had a smartphone. Um, So it's great to still have that, even though I am Google-less on this smartphone. Oh, and I did mention, okay, what about password managers? Okay, you got a couple options here as far as password managers. Option one for password managers is you can, um, in Fennec, one of the add-ons available is for Bitwarden. So you can use Bitwarden within Fennec and have access to it within Fennec, you know, as well as the mobile site. That's great. And Bitwarden does a great job as far as that goes. But you also have an F-Droid, you have XC regularly updated. That's a, that's a dynamite option to have as well. Um, so either of those will work for you as far as if you, uh, second factor, okay. Beyond SMS and, second factor SMS might as well not even be second factor. It might, this might as well not be security, right? We've talked about that many times. Um, There is a Yubico app from Yubico, the official one available in F-Droid. It hasn't been updated in a while, but it still works fine. Even on the Yubico five series. I know because I've tested it. Um, So, you know, you're not losing anything if you're into YubiKeys uh, at all by going Google this. There are other, you know, like, Uh, you know, second factor authentication apps that are like, you know, open source versions of Google Authenticator that are available. Um, But I just love my YubiKeys. And so that's what I use to hold on to uh, all of my one-time pins. Um, As far as keyboards, I, you, the stock keyboard is a little limited. It's nice that lineage OS lets you, add on buttons to the on-screen main buttons, you know, the three main buttons for Android, it lets you add on buttons that will go left and that'll work like a cursor left and right. That's nice. Um, But the stock keyboard is a little limited, especially when it comes to emoji, if that matters to you. Um, I will use, I do use open board, which is an F droid. And that doesn't, you know, there's no permissions there. They're not collecting data on you uh, or at least I don't think so. And plenty of code monkeys that have checked it out also say that they're not. Um, but I do like open board. So that's just a, an option that has a little bit better of emoji as far as emoji goes. It has, it's a little more feature rich and lets you do the spacebar cursor trick and all of that. So, okay. We got all that down. We have two subjects to cover quick. One is what if I want to listen to audible audiobooks? Okay. Or what if I have a massive Kindle library that I regularly read on my smartphone? What do I do? Or what if the Plex web browser, or website just doesn't do it for me? Or what if I really need to read CBRs? What if, what if, what if, what if? Okay. Um, Or for some reason, what if I really need, um, you know, Outlook? (laughs) I don't know. Something from Microsoft. Maybe not everything, but something. Okay the only app store besides the play store that I think is more popular than F on Android is the Amazon app store. You can install the Amazon app store on your Google smartphone. Now you may say to yourself, well, isn't that just turning all my data over to Amazon? Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Okay. Um, But the, the Amazon app store is actually really, really limited in functionality as well as data collection and what it does. Okay. And part of the reason it's that limited is that Amazon doesn't really want to develop and nor do they really want you to like Amazon doesn't have the, the app store really work in that way anymore. They tried for it to be that kind of like third way, on Android and it just never took off. This was back in the Amazon, what they called the underground, Amazon underground app days um, that just, that, that, that hadn't happened. Um, so another thing also is that with Android 11, you can actually, this has been true since Android 10, you can be very particular in what apps, what data they can collect and when they can collect it meaning you can constantly set permissions for apps to, okay, only collect location data. Um, when the app is open, only collect location data once only, you know, whatever, or whatever data, you know, we happen to be talking about, you can be very particular with the permissions, which is a great thing in Android 11. Okay. Um, basically what I'm saying is, is that I don't think Amazon is collecting nearly nearly the amount of data that Google or Apple is because a lot of the concern here is about the fact that Google and Apple are playing at the operating system level. The Amazon app store is not playing at that level. And really the Amazon app store is, is kind of an afterthought and a joke. It doesn't really mean anything unless you have a Kindle device, you know, unless you have a fire tablet of some kind. For example, if you install the Amazon app store, believe it or not, You can't install the Amazon app from that unless it is a fire tablet. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Like if somebody went through the trouble to download the, the Amazon app store, wouldn't you want them to be able to have your fucking Amazon app? Nope. You're going to have to go through the website, daddy. Kind of crazy. However, audible works beautifully. Um, It does. And here's another point where, where you can tell that, Amazon apps are not, they're not like logging into Amazon's servers because you don't get push notifications from these apps either. Okay. You have to open the app to get the notifications from the app. Like if you install the audible app, unless you open the app, you're not going to get the notifications of the new badges that you get or the new sale that's happening or whatever. So clearly these apps installed from the Amazon app store and the Amazon app store itself are, have not put an entire notification framework on your phone, on your Google list phone. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a lesser of evils, but it is still Amazon. So thus still an evil, but it does open you up to some other options. Uh, and understand too, in the Amazon app store, there are very few apps that are still regularly updated to this day that aren't owned by Amazon very few. Most apps that you look up on the Amazon App Store haven't been updated in 2 to 3 to even 4 or 5 years because they just stop. They just don't care anymore, okay? Microsoft has some apps, has some apps on there that are regularly updated like OneDrive, Outlook, some others. The Instagram app is regularly updated on there. The Twitter app is regularly updated on there. Um I think TikTok is on there and regularly updated, though anyone that does that uh we don't talk about TikTok. <laughs> the less said the better. I question the the mentality, the intelligence of anyone not using that. But moving along. Um, yeah, I mean, those are options, you know, for for popular apps that are there. But Plex, the official Plex app is regularly, regularly, regularly updated on the Amazon App Store. So that's a great way to get Plex or at least it's a great way without having Google play store. Um, really I, you can install the independent APK of Plex and usually that works fine on just about any phone you throw it on. If you, but I mean, you can't do that directly from their website. You have to do it through like APK mirror, um, audible and the Kindle app both work brilliantly on a Google list, smart, uh, smartphone, you know, r- running on lineage OS. So that's, that's kind of, you know, an option if you really desperately need those apps. Another option to do with, with audible is to on your computer install or purchase and install open audible, which is an app that strips, um, audiobooks, you know, and, and, and converts them to like a, an op, you know, or a more open format like MP3 or whatever. And then you can just transfer them onto your, you know, onto your smartphone and use uh, audio anchor you know, instead of audible uh, that's a good thing to do anyway, because you never know when audible is going to pull uh, an audiobook, and they can do that just like they can do with their eBooks, which I also recommend, you know, use like uh, use EPUB or, or something like that to, to strip the DRM from, you know, your Kindle purchases also. And then you can just use KO reader right on your smartphone. So that's a great option to consider anyway. and And I recommend freeing your library as is. But if you just need that convenience, well, the Amazon app store admittedly is an option that is not Google or Apple, but you know, it's still Amazon, even if it's limited data collection. And I, and, and for the most part, I think it is, uh, well, anyway, I'm telling you about it. It's there. Now let's talk about the philosophy a little bit. And the philosophy really comes down to Brian Sovereign. Why do you have a second smartphone and a Google is one at that. And it does come down to again, the growing body of research, which we talked about earlier where um, we know that just the Android operating system with Google play services on it is collecting a ton of data about you. And we don't know all what all of that data is and what of course gets done with that. You may have concerns around um, having to install COVID-19 apps and other things when you know, it's pretty nice when you could say, Oh yeah, I got a smartphone. Yeah. You can text me, um, you know, or you can mess with me or whatever, but look, it's not Android or or Apple. I mean, and, and just the look on an employer's face would be golden. You know, when they, when they tell you, you have to install this app. It's like, yeah, but fuck you. I, I, I can't, or they want you to install a time tracking app or something. Right. It's like, it's not available on my phone. I can't, I can't do that. I'm sorry. You know, I use lineage OS. And, and I think that's great on its own. It makes a statement that you are outside of the duopoly for a lot of reasons. Okay. So I love that part of it, but really it does come down to the, to the data collection. Um, if I am, you know, I mean, there's all, there are very few people. Yeah. I mean, I love getting to connect with the sovereign tech telegram group, of course. Um, but there are very few people on this earth, single digits (laughs) really, uh, that, that you know, I want to be able to communicate with at a moment's notice. All right. Uh, that doesn't mean I don't like talking to other people. Of course I do, but I, I'm just saying, well, no, not, of course I do, but I do. But there are, you know, people that I want to be able to be, you know, in emergency contact with if necessary. Okay. And so I like having some of the features that a smartphone offers, but I do not want the tech giants having my data. Okay. So what I basically do is, um, I have a smartphone that actually you know what it's using as far as uh, telcos um it's actually it's using uh, Google Fi even okay I have a smartphone that I pretty much call my work phone and a lot of the even a lot of the things that the Google is phone can't do that I need to do I will install on this phone but this phone stays in one spot and when I am not working it is off you know, tossed into a a Mylar bag. Okay. Like this is something I keep under wraps, you know, you know, keep it in a very, for lack of a better phrase, a controlled environment. Okay. It is not tracking me. It is not following me. It is not listening to me while it's off. It is not, you know, blah, 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 blah. Okay. I, I treat it as like a second screen and it's basically a notification device. It's a work device and it sits there off to the side just like I've talked about, this is not new because if you're saying I'm telling you to buy more devices, this this concept is really not new. I've talked about how we are at a point today where we really do need separate devices for the different aspects of our lives. We need the electronic devices that are for work and then the devices, though, completely separate devices so that we can walk away from that work. We need those devices for pleasure. Okay. We need separate devices for that. I've talked about that. Separating your lives. It's not enough. I mean, it's one thing to have separate browsers, right? A personal browser, a work browser. Like those are good ideas to do on a computer, but like mobilely now it's gotten to that point because again, a lot of us aren't going to the office anymore. And so the office is at home, we've got to, yeah, maybe you feel like you need a mobile device for work. Well, make that a completely separate device. Okay. And that's what I have done. And that's really the, the purpose here because when I do go out, when I go to the gym or when I go shopping or whatever, I want a device that is not sending all of that information to Google or Apple or whoever. And in fact, even the, really the, uh, I'll, I'll talk about what telco I use for this, for my Google is phone. Um, that's all set up with, uh, you know, it's all set up anonymously or at least pseudonymously. Okay. So um, I am using, like I said, for my work phone, I have Google Fi, okay, on there. Uh, And the reason for that, Google Fi is just the best option. Um, Well, I've done a review of Google Fi. You know what that's all about. Okay. Android's already collecting all this data. So using Google Fi and only sending the data to them, well, at least I'm not giving it to Verizon or whoever else, right? Okay. So, you know, we're we're kind of siphoning (laughs) or, you know, we're, we're, we're bottlenecking where that data goes to. Um, keeping it all in house (laughs) with Google, right? Um, but Google Fi is great for, uh, international travel because, you know, it, it doesn't charge you more for international travel. That's, that was like the main reason I got Google Fi anyway. Uh, it's very practical, uh, situation. So I have Google Fi on that. Now with Google Fi, uh, again, they charge you traditionally, they charge you based on like what mobile data you use. So if you only use say your phone connected to Wi-Fi, which is basically because it just sits here, that's all it does. It almost never uses mobile data. Um, unless the internet's out or something like that, my phone bills, dirt cheap, dirt cheap, you know? Uh, so it's actually, <laughs> so here's the deal. Now with my Google list phone, I'm using mint mobile and that's dirt cheap, right? Cause you can get four gig, for, you know, 15 bucks a month or or 25, depending upon what deal you get. Okay. So basically having two phones, my phone bill costs the same if I only had one phone, because if I took my Google Fi work phone with me everywhere, I would use the same amount of data that I use a month with my Google list phone on mint mobile. Do you see what I'm saying? So the price evens out or is even cheaper. Than what Google would charge me based on the data that I would use if I took it with me everywhere. Okay. So this is not an expensive proposition. And again, this is a phone I already had. I didn't even have to buy a new phone. Okay. Now to set it up, I had to, well, anyway, setting up with mint mobile to do that anonymously, that would require a whole other conversation. And it's not even a good way. It's not a, it's not a conversation to have via podcast either. Like it's something you need to see uh, being done. Uh, you know, a real professional video should be done on how to do that. And I'm sure they're out there, but basically the phone number on that thing is not in New Hampshire. (laughs) It is somewhere, you know, way out of whack. Um, and I am also running, uh, I should mention this as well um, with the Google phone. I'm also running a VPN on it 24 seven. Um, you know, you could use Proton VPN. I do an independent install from their website, a private internet access and I have the kill switch on and everything, meaning that when the VPN goes down, um, like, you know, uh, data connectivity goes down hundred percent on that phone. Okay. I also have, um, I have quad nine set up in the DNS, uh, for, you know, within lineage OS itself. So everything's being encrypted. Okay. You know, as, as much as possible as it is for it to not know where I am, I have gone that distance with this phone. That was, that was the idea. Okay. The phone number is not for where I am. The, you know, again, most of the location data that, you know, the only time location data is on is, you know, either to access something within DuckDuckGo and DuckDuckGo is not logging it. I mean, Mint Mobile still might, but not really like that. That's, that's not necessarily part of their data. I mean, it is, but anyway, you get how I'm separating this. Uh, and, or it's with AwesomeAnd and OpenStreetMaps isn't collecting that data unless I let them but by default it's not. So my log, and and again, I could use awesome and without the location data. So, you know, you don't even have to give them that. All right. So this is a great way of also, you know, really anonymizing your activity, but keeping a smartphone with you where you can listen to podcasts where you can listen to music where you can listen to, you know, whatever, um, you know, or, or you can watch videos or, you know, you can do all the things that you do on a smartphone while you're, going around the world in whatever way you happen to do that. So that's really it. It's all about thwarting the tech giants tracking and a lot of the telcos tracking of my activity. That's the purpose. That's the philosophy behind a Google's phone. Now, is it going to do it hundred percent? Probably not. <laughs> okay. As hard as you try, probably not. I mean, it's nice that it's not attached to me, but then, you know, there's other ways of basically triangulating, all right, who is doing this? If I was really being tracked, or if it was like really important for someone to like try, you know, NSA, whatever, to try and find me. Um, I wouldn't expect it to be anti NSA. Nothing is or you know, if you're really being targeted, like I said, and I've always said that, but in another way, it's also really a message to posterity, um, and a message to, you know, the, the tech giants into posterity that some of us, said, no, some of us in the early parts of the 21st century did not fall for the trap that the tech giants slash government corporatism set up for us with smartphones. The smartphone is ultimately a net negative. Um, maybe the google smartphone smartphone is, is a little less so but the smartphone ultimately is a net negative in the individual's life and really in the growth of, you know, humanity as a whole and the improvement of the human condition. It is. And you just need to listen back to some sovereign tech episodes for me to, to, to tell you how I don't have to re you know, retread that here, but that's a fact. And a lot of people are waking up to that, right? I mean, you watch the social dilemma, you know, some other documentaries and a lot of articles out there, you know, where they're saying this, Okay. That it is a, it's become a net negative constant interconnectivity is not a good thing. And, you know, in our future in space, it's an impossible thing at that, which is important to keep in mind. There's no cloud computing in space. No, they're just fucking, there isn't, it can't be done. (laughs) Okay. It's not a part of the program why didn't science fiction authors, you know, predict cloud computing because they fucking knew better because they knew that they understood the laws of physics, or at least the good ones did. And they're like, well, you can't do that, <laughs> you know, in outer space, you know, you're not going to have a fucking internet, <laughs> you know? Yes. The enterprise is going to have a gigantic fucking computer and it's going to have to call for updates, you know, uh, only when it needs it from the local starbase because you're just, you, you can't transmit all that fucking data. You know, you can't do Google Google docs in space. So if that's a future you're looking forward to get the fuck off, you know, get past the cloud. Right. Anyway, the smartphone is a net negative. And I think it's important to say, you know, if you consider the, you know, this corporatist system, if you consider government, the tech giants, you know, basically to be, if you don't want to use the word enemy at the very least acting against your best interests, having a Googleless phone, or even, I mean, of course, not having a smartphone at all. I mean, that's even better. But having a google phone, at least, is sending that message, hey, motherfucker, I'm not falling for it. I am not giving you my data willy-nilly. I am taking active steps. And the future will see that some of us took active steps to keep you from getting data about me. And that I tried to actually, you know, secure my shit. You know, it's a funny thing. Um, there, there, There's... It's something I've realized in 2020 and and, and going into 2021, especially, um, just how stupid uh, most people are when it comes to matters of uh, of 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 conflict of war. Um, I think there are like a lot of libertarians, uh, a lot of ANCAPs, a lot of a lot of others, and and even ANCOMs and some others, you know, who 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 they they think that they're fighting a war, right? We're getting ready for the next American revolution. Oh, you, you know, what other other bullshit uh, that, you know, and conservatives and other that, that, that they're, they're claiming and miraculously, I mean, they, or not miraculously, ironically, uh, ridiculously, they, they do this from TikTok and Facebook <laughs> or MeWe we, or, or Twitter or wherever the fuck they're doing this bullshit from. I mean, it's just, it, it's hilarious. Right. Um, And I think a lot of them operate under the auspices and I've actually heard some of them say this and and again it just shows how fucking moronic they are and how stupid they are. Uh they they think they're using battlefield logic in that well the party or the army or the the uh the, the force that has the most information is the one that wins the war. Okay. And, and believe me, I've heard this. Okay. You know, from, a, and you hear it in movies and you hear it in, you know, TV shows or whatever, or even in video games, uh, like, you know, in call of duties and whatever, when, when the army is you know, it's sometimes it gets called situational awareness. Okay. Um, but it's so clear. You, you actually don't understand <laughs> how, how, how to, how to actually like win a war. Um, <laughs> I mean, you, you just don't get it. Because that's, that's not situational awareness does not win a war. I'm not going to say it doesn't help. Okay. I'm not going to say, you know, having as much data, like, so, so the logic would go is that, well, we got to be on these social media platforms. Cause we got to be there to see what is the enemy doing? You know, what is the government saying or what are the leftists saying? or Whatever, whatever stupid terms that that you want to use to categorize people, you know, into, into enemy stripes, um, you know, just, just whatever word vomit you've got. Situational awareness does not win a war. The person who wins the war, the person who wins the battle. Right. And those are two separate things. The person who wins is not the person who has the most data or collects the most data. It is the person. And again, that's what people traditionally think. No, it is the person that reveals gives off or transmits the least amount of data. That's the person that wins the war. Okay, why do and I know because I was involved in operations. All right. Why is it so difficult to go after this terrorist group or that terrorist group? Why can't we find them? Why can't we just get the it's because they give off so little data in comparison to the rest of the if you want to call it civilized world. Not saying that, you know, people say in the Middle East or other territories are uncivilized, not saying that at all. But the winner, the survivor is the one that gives off the least amount of data. And so if you think libertarian, conservative, ANCAP, ANCOM, whatever, if you think being on these platforms is somehow you winning the war or as an aspect of you winning the war or you having a smartphone is necessary, you're, you're just dead wrong. You don't understand war or at least not modern war. You sure as fuck don't get that. You win, you survive. Okay. And, and survival, outliving the state is a mode of winning. You survive by giving off the least amount of data. But you people are just spewing it everywhere. I mean, you're just jizzing data, like, all over the fucking place. And and it's and it's hilarious. <laughs> when I listen to you people talk about, this is how we're going to win. Oh, you fucking moron. <laughs> I know, this is just a show about the Google smartphone. But uh, this has been, this has just been building up in me. The stupidity on display by, well, hell, I... I don't know anybody in the freedom movement that, that that's, that's, you know, really saying anything logical you win, you survive by being a veritable ninja as far as your data goes and metadata and everything else. That's how you win. That's how you thrive. Especially within an infrastructure, a corporatist infrastructure that itself thrives feeds on data, right? Data is the new oil. So everybody says so that that that's that's what's you know data collection is what's propping up the authoritarianism and the bullshit market because it ain't a free one the bullshit market that we live under that's what's doing it. So stop feeding the machine. Give a Google a smartphone a shot at least that go that far. Oh I I can't do it without a smartphone I gotta have a smartphone Stanley. All right. Reconsider your relationship with it and maybe try this out try it this way. You can still do most of what you want to do or have two phones, but boy, put that other one in its fucking place. It sits in the corner, like the dunce that it should be. Yeah. It's so funny. You want me to prove the point? You think I'm just, I'm I'm just being hypothetical. Well, I can tell you, uh, (laughs) being involved in campaigns, this is not hypothetical, but I can prove it to you right now. Do you know what Larry Page is doing right now? No, I don't either. Why? Because he's on some bumfuck Island. I think in the Caribbean, maybe. Who knows? And he's not giving off this information. Okay. He's wanting his privacy. What? The head of Google itself? wants his fucking privacy? Or, you know, the, the the co-creator, the owner. What? Or how about today? News came down. Uh, or maybe it was yesterday, uh, uh, you know, Bill Gates, Bill and Melinda Gates are getting divorced. And what does Bill Gates say on fucking Twitter? Please respect our privacy. Wait, wait, wait. Oh. <laughs> you, you pull that bus over to the side of to pretentious turn, turnpike, you son of a bitch. You want me to respect your privacy? How, how dare you? How dare you say that to people? Because you sure as fuck. I know your advertising ID is on by default. You sure as fuck don't care about my privacy. You want me to respect yours. You go shit yourself, slap nuts. But that's why they win, that's why they're winning because they're getting all the data about you, but the real reason that they're winning is because they're not transmitting any about themselves. They have secrecy, real secrecy. They can afford it. And I get that, that you know, privacy is expensive today. I mean, it doesn't exactly have to be, but you know, if you want to keep uh, some amenities and everything, yeah, it can be an expensive proposition. You might have to have two phones like we're talking about here, but even that doesn't have to be that expensive. And I think the trade-offs worth it. Give off less data. You don't win battles by having more. You win battles by giving off less. There's the takeaway for this episode and feel free to uh, email these moronic other podcasters and YouTubers who think that they know, how to do all this bullshit. Cause they, they just, they just don't, they don't have the experience. Sure as fuck. Don't have the logic as much as they claim they do. And they're fucking hypocrites. So, okay. <laughs> this is meant to be just a nice episode. <laughs> well, maybe we'll have some more fun. We'll do some more sovereign at the movies. How about that? We'll do some of those. Um, I will wrap this one up here and I will see all of you or at least I'd like to on the other side. Hey, is sovereign tech not enough for you? Well, let me tell you about something you'll never get enough of. No, no, I mean it. We're talking about a radio show and podcast that goes all night long, seven nights a week, three hours a night, 365 days a year, and has been going since the early aughts, baby. I am talking about none other. Than Free Talk Live. It's the show you control. That's right. It's an open phones call-in show that is ready for you. And if you're worried that your voice isn't going to get heard, don't be. We are talking about the only libertarian radio show stateside. And not only that, it's also the number 26 talk show in the United States. Start listening now and go ahead and hit that massive back catalog at freetalklive.com. The Golden Stallion guarantees a good time. And you might even find some episodes with me on them when you do. That's freetalklive.com, and we thank them for sponsoring Sovereign Tech.